real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? <laughs> well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, Jakey Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. What a wonderful crowd. Lovely crowd. Helen, how are you? I'm very well, Jakey. How are you? I'm very well as well. What is going on in your exciting world? I've been doing a lot of meditating lately. Oh, very is, on trend. Yeah, very on trend. It's very unlike me. I'm, yeah? I'm sort of the, the least mindful, uh, self-helpy human being. I like to solve my problems with vodka. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I, but I've quit drinking for pilot season, <laughs> a.k.a. Hollywood Lent. Yes. So I can't solve my problems with vodka. And, and I, how is it going? Are you, are, you in a, are, you in a, are you getting more awareness? Are you being more calm? I would, yeah. Although I, I learned that I suck at solo meditation. I just can't. If someone goes sit there and meditate, I'm right. like, oh, boy. Do you have a mantra? I don't have a mantra. I do a, I do a guided... One of my favorite meditations is a guided meditation mm -hmm. by uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, mm -hmm. a lovely, lovely self-help guru. He does one called, it's either called the sound meditation or mm. the ah meditation. Mm. And oh, it excuse takes me, you ah. Through, exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly it. You just uh, sit for 20 minutes and you go, ah, ah. I think we get the idea. Um, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, for 20 minutes. And, and then what? Yeah, and you, you're supposed to visualize things that you want yeah. and put the energy out there. And uh, that's how, uh, how spoon-fed I need to be with my meditation. <laughs> I literally need someone in my earbuds going, yeah. now you say, ah. Right. And I go, aha. It's one thing to tell someone what to think. You want someone to tell you what not to think. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, I did meditation for, for, for a while. I still do every once in a while. Uh, sometimes uh, I would forget to do it, which in a way is like the most zen thing of all. Uh, Helen, let's do this. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first? She is an award-winning writer, actor, and comedian whose stand-up special Ice Thickeners premiered on Comedy Central Digital and who co-hosts Baby Geniuses here on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Emily Heller! Emily Heller! Oh, hi, Emily. Yes, right there. Hello. Hello, Welcome, Emily. Emily. Thank Great you for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, Helen, of course, mentioned you're an award-winning writer. Uh, one of the awards that you just won was the uh, Writers Guild Award. It was award. the Writers Guild Award. Congratulations. That was very Thank recent. Thank you very much. I was super excited for you. Yes. I was really excited for me also. <laughs> um, you know, it's important. A lot of people are like, oh, it's no big deal. It's yeah. nice when it's a big deal, and then yeah. it's successful. My first thought was, wow, I'm so happy for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ask what? Did you ask yourself what you were wearing? Uh, what you I, were wearing? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. I, I asked myself. I tend not to ask myself any questions. I feel like it uh, preserves mystery. My my yeah. uh, 
my state of being. Okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> now we should point out that the uh, the award was for writing on the TV show Barry. Yes, it so was. good. Such Thank a great you very show. Much. So good. If you guys have not seen, it is awesome. It's so awesome. Now you also were nominated for an Emmy for that show, oh. and uh, you made a very interesting fashion choice for the red carpet. Thank you very much. Uh, yes. Uh, well, one of the things that I noticed about, like, a lot of times when people go to, like, fancy award shows is afterward they will post these pictures of themselves with the Getty Images watermark on the bottom. And it became this sort of symbol of, like, I went to a fancy place. <laughs> so I figured I would, and, you know, you, people never pay for the full image because it costs, like, $500, so they always post it with the watermark. So I figured I would just sort of, like, leapfrog the system a little bit and I had a purse made that was a picture of the Getty Images watermark <laughs> and I just held it up where the watermark would be anyway um, and uh, very surprisingly um, Getty Images was really into that and they took a lot of pictures of me um, on the red carpet it is now one of the first things that comes up when you look for like a picture of me online. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Always funny and always uh, it, brilliant, like genius, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and how did like the Associated Press and other photographers feel about that? They were very mad. <laughs> they refused to take my picture even when I held the bag behind my back. Oh, wow. Uh, but also, they didn't really want a picture of me anyway because no one <laughs> knew who I was. That was the only way anyone was going to take my picture. Don't even try to find an image of Emily on Associated <laughs> yeah. Press. Uh, there's only one image that I found that was from a different... Uh, like Shutterstock or something, mm. where it is like their watermark right on top of the Getty Images <laughs> watermark on my purse, which is pretty exciting. Wow, you, re you really got into a whole subculture of, of, of uh, watermark of stock and stock photography. Yeah. yeah, and I, yeah. it's a it's a war that I did not realize I was stepping into, <laughs> and I'd like to step out at all this right, point. All right, all right, we'll move on to something else. As uh, <laughs> Helen mentioned, of course, you are one of the co-hosts of Baby Geniuses here in the Maximum Fun Network. Yes, thank you. Now, I was, when, I was doing a, when I was trying to do some more uh, research and preparation for, for having you on the show, and I Googled Baby Geniuses, I have to say the first thing that came up was a terrible movie about smart babies. That's true, yes. Uh, are you aware of the, of, of the, the missed uh, oh. opportunities or the missed, the missed searches that people are having? What do you mean missed opportunities? <laughs> if someone's looking for my podcast, they'll find it eventually, but in the meantime, I'm teaching them about a movie that they should watch. <laughs> I, see no, I see no missed opportunity in All that. Right. It's a mitzvah. You're doing a mitzvah. Yeah. I'm doing a mitzvah. That movie is insane and more people need to see it. <laughs> I want it to become a bigger part of the lexicon. I guess maybe I, I set out a subconscious goal for myself which was to eclipse that movie in the Google searches, but that has not happened. <laughs> for people who aren't familiar, what's the podcast about? Um, so it's in, in similar to this show, it's about weird knowledge, only we don't put any sort of premium on getting things right. <laughs> okay. Uh, but every episode we talk about a different Wikipedia page that's about something sort of weird and surprising that we hadn't thought about before. Um, and then we also, every episode, talk a little bit about Martha Stewart's pony. Um, <laughs> just if there are any updates. And, and are there any updates? Sometimes there are. Um, and, and then if there aren't, we'll, uh, we'll either dedicate that time to like some of her other farm animals... Uh, anything else that's happening on her Instagram or other celebrity horses. Do you think because Martha Stewart has become like a pot entrepreneur somehow that she's feeding her animals cannabis? 
Well, one of the things that she, one of the, like, the pot products that she's, like, investing in is, like, for, specifically for animals. So there's no way she's not. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way she's not, although she has not explicitly said so. So the pony is just high AF right now. If, if that is one of the animals with anxiety, which from what we can tell, we don't really think so. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't think any animal in Martha Stewart's table would have anxiety. Well, just they're me. so I, well taken care of. Oh, I don't know why point. that that's would be the point. case. Uh, I want to ask you about this Comedy Central digital special you have called Ice Thickeners. Congratulations. Thank that, you very much. Just went, yeah, 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 just go yeah. live. It came As out we're recording yesterday. Just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. I, I recorded it last year at the Showbox in Seattle, and I set out to record a comedy special with no men in the audience. Um, and then we didn't sell enough tickets, so I let some men in. I mean, I wasn't going to be able to enforce it anyway because. <laughs> Um, when they've done that before, like with the Wonder Woman screenings, right. like they got a lot of press, but they also got sued. So I was trying to go for the, the press, but not the lawsuit. So <laughs> from the outset, I said, I will not enforce this. I cannot enforce this, but please respect me and don't come. Um, but then when we didn't sell enough tickets, I said, okay, now you can come. But I'm asking that <laughs> men not watch the special. Oh. Um, but then also waiting to see about the numbers. And if the numbers aren't good enough, you can right. watch it. And also, I can't stop you from watching it. I'm really at your mercy here. So I've set up wow. kind of a self-defeating power dynamic with this whole thing uh, where yeah, I'm asking I, something of you. i got to be honest. I, I feel caught in the middle. I'm not, should I just click on it, let yeah. it play, but not look at it? Because like, I want to help your numbers. Uh, that would be great. Okay. Ideally, that would be great. And you should tell other people who aren't men to watch it. Um, and then ultimately, I, I think I'm, you, I do want you to watch it. Am I, I feel what like I'm sending a mixed message yeah. here, and I'm comfortable with that. And we're comfortable with having Ms. Emily Heller. Thank you so much. Helen, against whom will Emily be competing today? He is an actor, writer, and comedian who starred in Talk Show, The Game Show, and hosts Pop Rocket here on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Guy Branham! Guy Branham! Hi, Guy! Hello, Guy. Nice to see you. Shaking Hi, my hand, coming over and shaking Helen's hand. Shaking competitor. Oh, Emily is dissing him. No, no, there she goes. She is shaking his hand as well. Uh, Guy, please have a seat right in here next to Emily. Wow, that you're probably the tallest, one of the tallest panelists we had. I, I do what I can. <laughs> yes. Can I mention which of Martha Stewart's animals I'm most obsessed with? Yes. It's required. I am very, like, the Martha's bees. I remember the episode of Martha Stewart Living where she was like, I keep my own bees. And I just needed to know more about what, you know, what goes into keeping bees at Turkey Hill. <laughs> and what did you discover? Yeah. I mean, it's Martha. She's doing it right, you know? <laughs> The bees do not have anxiety. I had no idea that there was this uh, uniformity of appreciation for how Martha Stewart treats uh, pets. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that they're all high. <laughs> like, I bet the bees are high. Oh, absolutely. Like, they're the chillest bees. They're just yeah. like, yeah, man. Well, I mean, they, they, they actually may have pollinated marijuana plants. I mean, that'll, that'll Marijuana plants you. do not bee pollinate, they wind pollinate. I know I'm supposed to keep my knowledge about grains and legumes for later in the show. <laughs> But I just want to be ready. <laughs> Helen, at the judges' table? Yes. I believe, ding, I guess, ding. Yeah, I believe Guy may have started off with a point in the interview section, which might be the first time that's happened on this show. I am... I, I have no shot at this. Uh, Guy, for the people who don't know, and those people are unfortunate, tell us about Pop Rocket, which you've now done over 200 episodes of. Um, so I don't have much to do on my Wednesdays. Uh, <laughs> so 
I host a pop culture panel show uh, with Karen Tongson, who's a uh, pop culture academic from USC, Margaret Wappler, who is a journalist and novelist, and Winter Mitchell, who is a digital strategist. And every week we talk about uh, pop culture. You know, um, this week I, we're going to be talking about the new Jordan Peele movie, Us. So, you know, it's a, a chance to, to kiki with your friends while you're sitting in your cubicle at work. Very good. And now uh, you have this podcast about pop culture. You wrote a book about pop culture. Have, have you always been interested in pop culture? Not particularly. <laughs> hey. What was the turning point, or was it just a paycheck? No. Um, look, if you want to know about me as a little boy and a little gay Jewish boy in a farm town in Northern California finding the world through culture, you'll have to pay $20 to the good people at my publishers. Thank you very much. <laughs> Amen to that. It's worth, right. it's worth every cent. I'm sure. Well, there's, there, there, there go my follow-up questions, apparently. Um, I'm obsessed with, because um, I've had you it's on called, a... It's called My Life as a Goddess. <laughs> Thank you for plugging for me. Yeah, it's, it's nice when our guests bring their own hype people. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, you were saying. I'm obsessed with the fact that you were raised on an almond farm. And I've learned this from having you on a pad po past podcast that I've done, that your parents wouldn't buy food for you. They would just tell I'm, you to go eat almonds. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm very fat. Clearly, they bought food for us. But during the summertime, if we would ask uh, for lunch, my mom would just be like, go eat almonds. <laughs> and there were just almonds everywhere. Like, we stopped harvesting the almonds when I was like, 10 or so, 11, because it just didn't, wasn't worth enough money. And so there were just almonds everywhere, which meant that there were rats everywhere. Oh. Um, that meant that eventually there were just amazing cats who were <laughs> gigantic and well-fed and murderers. And the green grass grew all around, all around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, all right. Uh, last it thing was wanna... a lot like Martha Stewart's play. <laughs> That's right. I was waiting to hear about her murderous cats, so I knew it couldn't all be on the up and up. Uh, Guy, when I asked you to be on this program and we knew we wanted to do something Max Fun themed because of the Max Fun drive and wanted to find another Max Fun host, I asked who would you want to compete against, and you chose Emily Heller. What went into that decision? Emily Heller is one of the human beings I fear and respect most on the planet. <laughs> I have been on the good side of Emily Heller, I have been on the bad side of Emily Heller. <laughs> And these are the heights and lows that you can achieve in life. <laughs> Let me tell you, we once drove from Brooklyn to Vermont, and I have never had someone more on my side taking care of me and, like, being in charge of the situation and having uh, ready access to sour peach candies than this lady. <laughs> but also, those powers, I also understand, should be feared. And... <laughs> I, I want to feel the true thrill of competition. <laughs> wow, that's intense. Uh, Emily, rebuttal? I mean, I don't have a rebuttal, but I feel like Guy is so good at complimenting people that there is a subtext of competition to it. <laughs> <laughs> at, all, at all times. It, it, it feels like a flex. Fair. <laughs> All right, well, I, uh, I, I fully expect to get crushed. I retain almost no information at most times in my life, and Guy retains more than most people I've ever met. Um, but also, the people from my Quiz Bowl team in uh, college and graduate school who were better than me decided to come just to watch and judge both of us. Wow. <laughs> 
Which is, which is great, but also just a reminder that you were on a college quiz ball team. <laughs> Once again, I do not have a shot and at And what this. were you doing in college? <laughs> um, smoking weed. <laughs> like Martha, Martha Stewart's Stewart. Yeah, there we go. Let's give a nice yeah. hand to both of our guests, Guy Branham and Emily Heller. All right, Guy and Emily, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Emily, you chose the TV show Frasier, The Indigo Girls, and How to Have a Good Time at Disneyland. Yes. Thank you. Whereas Guy, you chose Academy Award nominees for Best Actress, the TV show 30 Rock, and Grains. <laughs> okay, well, later on... No explanation needed. Later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some pairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives the incorrect answer, the other person does have a chance to steal. Your topic today, coffee. Up first in coffee, Emily. Emily, both coffee and tea are more popular than ever these days, but the porcelain or silver tea or coffee set are not as popular. So, when talking about classic pre-electricity serving methods, what is the difference between a teapot and a coffee pot? A teapot and a coffee pot. I would say that um, a coffee pot is taller mm -hmm. and a teapot is wider. I would say maybe short and stout, mm. I would describe it as. Interesting. Uh, that seems like one of the defining characteristics. Uh -huh. uh, and that, to me, is the real difference. All right, we have Emily's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct, but we can certainly applaud it as we were starting to do. Uh, Guy, if you don't think she's got it exactly right, you can steal. Uh, what do you think? Um, uh, I have... I am a gay man over 40, and so there are four vintage tea sets in my home. <laughs> um, <laughs> And she, she's right, uh, the, the spout on the teapot is more towards the middle, um, so that in the process of, because you steep the tea leaves in the teapot, in the uh, process of pouring it, you don't want to upset the leaves that are at the bottom. Oh God, they, no, you would not want to upset the leaves at the bottom. They don't always have a strainer, sure. where uh, a coffee pot can actually have a spout that is either much higher, uh -huh. as it is on my mid-century uh, <laughs> California tea, uh, coffee pot, sure. or much lower, as it is on my Soviet-era coffee pot. <laughs> How do you like your communist coffee, by the way? <laughs> oh, I lead tested it, and it's totally full of lead. <laughs> But all the cups you pour are perfectly even. <laughs> yes, that's right. And you have to stand in a long line to drink them. Uh, all right, well, this segment has gone to pot, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. When speaking of the traditional coffee pots and teapots before electricity was involved, teapots are short and stout. <laughs> As in, I'm a little, little teapot, teapot short and stout. And very good, you guys. Very, very, very good. good. The stout teapot allowed tea leaves plenty of space to steep, and the spout of a teapot is also usually fairly short, making it easier to clean tea leaves that might get stuck. What about coffee pots, Helen? Coffee pots are tall and comparatively thin. The height allows plenty of space for coffee grounds to settle at the bottom of the pot, and coffee pots have a longer spout set slightly lower, which helps keep cooling air out of the pot. To quote the Metropolitan Museum of Art, America's first 
Coffee pots were tall and tapered, and teapots are globular. Mm. Mm. Uh, that is correct. And of course, as a side note, uh, teapot is one word, and coffee pot is two words for reasons no one seems to understand. Uh, Helen, what does that mean as far as our scoring goes? So I'm going to give Emily one point, uh, like half a point for short and stout, and then half a point for saying it's taller. And then, Guy, I'm also going to give you uh, a point for knowing sort of the, the where the spout is in relation to the pot itself. So yeah. one point each. One point each. Thank you. Um, could I make a small aside that just I feel like is germane to this crowd? Sure. Um, about the song, I'm a Little Teapot. Please. I noticed something really disturbing when I was watching Jeopardy, uh, which is that the theme song to Jeopardy is eerily similar to that song. Oh. And there's a way to sing it that's like, I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here's my handle, here is my spout. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout. Tip me over and pour me out. Emily Howard, ladies and gentlemen. I... Wow. I am shook. <laughs> I like, I'm been... shook to the core right yeah. now. I wish that we could give you another point for it. I wish you could, too. Helen? Uh, at, <laughs> no. Nah. All right. I'll have to satisfy myself with the fact that I've ruined Jeopardy for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, up next in coffee, Guy. Guy, your topic today comes from a listener, Dewey McClinn of Vista, California. Guy, they both might be something you cough up, but what is the difference between phlegm and mucus? Phlegm and mucus. I think phlegm is something that the body's trying to get rid of that is contained by mucus, mm -hmm. and mucus is a lubricant for the body. I guess that's what I'll say. In fact, you just did. Uh, we have Guy's answer, sure, you can applaud that as well. Uh, Emily, you have a chance to steal. If you don't think he's got it right, what do you think? As, as a Jew, uh, <laughs> uh, my first instinct was to say that it was some sort of like meaningless distinction, like how Germans just call them potato pancakes instead of latkes. Mm -hmm. And like phlegm is a latka and mucus is a potato pancake. <laughs> you know, that's my favorite part of Hanukkah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hanukkah is the phlegm. Thanks for also ruining latkes. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, so in other words, you think they're, they're the same thing, or, or you think one is from a certain culture? I'm One's sure just a little bit more Jewish. <laughs> but which one? Yeah. You know, they say, yeah. Uh, they say that about Helen and me also. One of us is a little more Jewish than the other. Uh, which one? Flem. <laughs> Helen well, was in a Coen Brothers movie. That's true. That That's true. plenty true. Jewish. Plenty Jewish. I actually am Jewish, but you know, I still give it to Helen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this segment is grossing everybody out, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Mucus is a slippery secretion produced by cells in many different areas of the body, including the eyes, digestive tract, and respiratory system. Phlegm is a specific kind of mucus produced only in the respiratory system and only from the lungs up through the throat. And while it is called phlegm when it's in your throat, when you cough it up, the stuff that comes out is called sputum. Sometimes Yay. it's nice when a word fits a substance, as that done does. Sputum. sputum. So what I'm hearing is that phlegm only comes from chosen areas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It also wow. has walked a lot historically. Uh, 
Helen is, of course, correct. Uh, most people's bodies, by the way, produce over a liter of mucus a day. Wow. But we don't usually notice it until we have an infection, like a cold, when we start overproducing it. Uh, and speaking of overproducing, let's move on with the rest of the show. Uh, Helen, what does that mean as far as our score goes? I'm going to say Guy got a point and a half. You got one point right for that it is a lubricant produced by the body. Um, and you did say that phlegm is uh, contained by mucus, but you missed the... Uh, the lung part. Yeah, the lung yeah, the part. Lung part. Exactly. All right, but a point and a half for Guy. Uh, what does that mean at the end of this round? What is our score? At the end of the round, Emily Heller has one point and Guy Branham has two and a half points. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, everybody, this is Jay Keith. What a great segment that was, huh? I don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> hey, this is Jay Keith. I'm here with uh, Jim Newman. Hi, Jim. Hello. And Laura Swisher. Hi, Laura. Hey. Now, do you two want to say hello to each other as well? Nope. Okay. Mm, nah. This is awkward. Hey, we really appreciate listening to the show, and we really appreciate your supporting the show. And what does it mean to support the show? It means... Well, that we can do the show. We cannot do the show without your support. These podcasts may be free for you to listen to, but they are not free to produce. Also, you guys, I'm going to jump in as senior Please. producer because, first of all, this show is recorded on location, which mm -hmm. means that we have to hire a sound engineer to bring all his own equipment, David yeah. Kiever, who is awesome. And, by the way, he's working at a discounted rate because... He believes in the show, and he loves it, and all the people that are a part of it are, do such a great job, and I will, you know what, guys? I'm feeling generous. I'm going to include you guys both in that as well. I know how much work goes into, like, booking people, mm -hmm. but you guys, you have the two guests that you book. Then you have the experts, and a lot of the experts that you book are also themselves really big names. And you guys consistently deliver. Jim, that's really easy to do, right? It is. You would think that if you called someone and said, hey, it's showbiz, want to do our show? <laughs> they would say, of course I will. But uh, often that is not the case. Yeah, it's not free and it's not easy. And again, we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. But we would love, A, not to lose money doing it. And also, it would be nice to get paid for our creative endeavors. Uh, I want to go back to what you were saying about Dave McKeever, our live sound engineer, who is so awesome and we're so happy to have him. The venue that we do our show at, the Angel City Brewery, is awesome. They give us chairs and a stage and lights. One thing they do not give us is any piece of audio equipment. So anything that has to happen to make the show happen, Dave has to bring and Dave has to supply and we need to pay him for his time and equipment. And Angel City Brewery is in the new Arts District in downtown L.A. And it's <laughs> essentially an old tin shack. I mean, it's an old warehouse. So every time you don't hear a motorcycle gang going by, <laughs> thank Dave McKeever. Absolutely. And uh, our, of course our editor, Julian. Oh, who, yes. Julian Burrell, who probably himself takes those motorcycle sounds out yeah. of it or... Yeah, I think that should be our bonus content next year. Just, just, the, <laughs> just the edited yeah. out. A deep cut of just yeah. like... Yeah. And, and speaking of bonus content, if you become a Maximum Fund member or renew as a Maximum Fund member, you get access to... Oh, 
I get a, a that 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 ding is someone. Ding. No, it, oh, it's Margaret Cho wanting to send us a message. What a great example of uh, of how we need to book guests and how awesome and lucky we are to get the guests that we have. Uh, bonus content: If you are a Maximum Fund member or renewing member, you get access to dozens of of bonus content episodes going back several years. Uh, we're very proud of the bonus content that we are supplying this year. I'm, but, I'm just going to say the uh, we recorded it this past weekend, and I was blown away by the size of the crowd mm-hmm. that came out to support, uh, not support, but probably like fully enjoy. It yeah. was impressive. Who'd you guys get? Well, we had Max Fun host Ross and Carrie of the podcast Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Boy, they bring the goods and they bring the audience and it was a really special episode. It, it, I, it was one of, the, I, I would say, it was one of the, uh, I think, one of the best episodes that you guys have done. How are you qualified to judge that, Laura? Well, because I've attended nearly every single taping, but I've heard every single show and also... There's a couple moments that are, I'm going to say, touching. Yeah. Yeah, I believe this was our first episode where a guest cried in a good way. It was really, it was very touching. <laughs> As and very opposed emotional. to a bad way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those episodes, we've cut all yeah, those. Yeah, we generally edit those out again. <laughs> Julian is a very good editor. Uh, no, it was a wonderful episode, and I'm really proud of it. And I think, especially if you're a Max Fund supporter, you know, one of the things I love about being on the Max Fund Network is that we're not afraid to go too smart, we're not afraid to go too dumb, and we're not afraid to go too vulnerable and to, and to have have a real emotional connection. And that's something that we that we're happy to provide a space for for our guests. And it's also something that is really appreciated about doing these these pledge drives is that it's a chance for us to thank you. And it's a chance for for you to realize that, you know, the connection that you feel when you hear our voices in your ears is something that you are a participant in. And a lot of you would be donating for the first time because Mm -hmm. last year for the Max Fund Drive, we had been in existence for three months. Yeah, more. Yeah, just about. And now we've been in existence for a year and three months, which means that there are a lot more of you listening. And uh, we've been doing this with nothing. And it would be awfully nice to do it with a little something from all our new listeners. J. Keith, how can people help meet our goal? What an oddly specific question that what I happen to have the answer. Uh, our goal is 25,000 new and upgrading members. And that seems like a lot, and it is. But I believe Max Fund has met its fundraising goal, certainly since we've been on. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not easy. And uh, really, if you go to MaximumFund.org slash donate, do it now while it's on your mind. Do it now. Put us on pause. Or you know what? You can probably keep listening to us while you make your donation. One of my favorite things is to see tweets from people who said, I contributed to Max Fund Drive because of these shows. And our show was one of them. It's such an, an, an incredible lift and a really a great honor. And uh, I believe that we have, have and will continue to respond to anyone who tweets their support. So, so please know that it's appreciated. And you will have evidence of it being appreciated. Because let's face it, the at pod Twitter handle is pretty much me. So uh, <laughs> when I heart something, when I respond, uh, know it's from me. And it is from the heart. All right. Uh, I think you guys get it. Please go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and enjoy the rest of the show. Here now, part two of Go Fact Yourself. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Emily Heller with one point and Guy Branham with two and a half points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Thanks, everybody. Emily Heller, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the TV show Frasier, the Indigo Girls, and how to have a good time at Disneyland. Let's find out a little bit more about each of them. First, you said you know a lot about Frasier. That's true. I think I... Someone asked me recently how many times I've watched every episode, Mm. and my guess was 25. (laughs) Wow. Wow. 
And they were like, really? And I was like, I mean, I don't know how to tell you that. There's not, I haven't been counting, but I watch it. I watch three episodes a night, every night for <gasps> the past five years. So that I've gone through it many, many times. I can't tell you how many. And I've also had the pleasure of uh, working with several former writers for the television show wow. Frasier. I own a chair that was formerly owned by David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> Uh, I have a, uh, a, a Frasier Christmas party pin from 2001. <laughs> wow. We did, where did this obsession come from? Is it your parents loved it? or No, it was one of those shows that I refused to watch as a child because it's just the palette is so not for children. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I saw no appeal to it. But then I, it was when it was on Netflix, I just started watching it. And then it just... I just got really sucked in. I, it's really hard to say how it happened, mm. but then once it happened, it just sort of fed itself like some kind of, like like the plant in uh, <laughs> in Little Horror. Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Audrey too. Audrey yeah. too. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, you also said you know a lot about the Indigo Girls. I do. I mean, I don't know, actually know if I know a lot about the Indigo Girls, but if you let me talk about them, mm -hmm. time will pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that I've noticed. Uh, I care a lot more about the Indigo Girls than I thought is what is what I've found out in the last year or so, and uh -huh. uh, I feel passionately about them. Um, and I've I've seen them live probably more than almost any other band. Uh, they were my first concert and oh, also wow. my second and third concert oh. via Lilith Fair. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think they're great. I think a lot about their interpersonal relationship, uh, mostly speculatively, uh, <laughs> just in terms of like as creative collaborators, I've just like, they don't share writing credit like mm -hmm. Lennon and McCartney. And I feel like that might be the secret to their longevity and their success. And I think that's really interesting. And I listen a lot to their like live recordings and their banter beforehand and I read too much into it. So, um, I'm just very uh, curious and engaged with them. Awesome, you certainly sound like you are. Uh, and then finally you said you know a lot about how to have a good time at Disneyland. Yeah, I think there's a way to do it. Um, I think there's a way to do Disneyland right and there's a way to do Disneyland wrong and I feel passionately that I've figured out the right way to do it. Can you give us maybe just one tip? Um, the main thing is make dining reservations mm. ahead mm. of time. Applause um, for reservations. Dining reservations uh, make all the difference uh, mm. because most of the food there is bad. Um, mm. But dining reservations, especially at the Blue Bayou, which is the restaurant Ooh, inside. Fans of, of the Blue Bayou here. Wow. Inside of Pirates of the Caribbean, it just enhances your experience unimaginably. All right. Well, that is a lot of uh, wonderful detail. So to summarize, uh, you said you know a lot about the TV show <laughs> Frasier. I wasn't being sarcastic. I really, it's very, very oh, thank cool. Thank you. We, we, I we just celebrate think, knowledge. I just awesome. think that the word information didn't really belong in that sentence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Data? Uh, human speech? I'm not sure. Just sort of words. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right. So to summarize, Emily, you said you know a lot about the TV show Frasier, the Indigo Girls, and how to have a good time at Disneyland. Today, we want to quiz you about Indigo Girls. All right. Yay! Guy applauding uh, as well as the audience. Uh, do you have a favorite album or favorite song? Um, probably Rites of Passage was is probably the album I've listened to the mm -hmm. most. Uh, my favorite song changes, uh, you know, week to week. Sure. Uh, I, I would say right now, um, my favorite song might be It's All Right. Okay. But obviously, all time, Galileo is a huge hit. Yeah, that's um, a good one. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, how, how do you choose? All right, I won't ask you to. Uh, and you mentioned that the, the, those were your first three concerts. When's the last time you saw them perform live? Uh, I think last year. Okay, great. Yeah, and I think last year. They haven't come back in a while. I right. saw them the last time they were in L.A. All right, great. And yeah. uh, do you have a favorite Indigo Girl? Well, I had a really interesting revelation at the last Indigo Girls concert <laughs> I was at. Obviously, I prefer Emily's songs, and I re like probably relate to her more. Um, and I, I had a hard time appreciating Amy for a while. But at the last concert that I saw, I finally realized that Amy is sexy. Mm. Uh, she is the sexy one. Oh. And um, I now... So I, I like her a lot, and when Amy comes out with a banger that like I really love, mm -hmm. I appreciate it on a level that I maybe don't appreciate Emily's songs because I take them for granted that they're gonna be because they're like the more sort of like lighter, poppier ones, not mm -hmm. lighter, but like more in the major key. Mm -hmm. And Amy's darker, more brooding, very right. sexy. I have to say, I was expecting a one-word answer, but that. Uh... <laughs> um, do you wanna do you wanna ask me who my favorite Indigo girl is? Sure, guy. Ask me. Guy, who's your favorite Indigo girl? Sporty. <laughs> <laughs> Just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Indigo girls to test your mastery in the subject with an expert level question with up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, uh, Guy, do listen closely because if Emily answers incorrectly, <laughs> you can steal. Guy, by the way, how much do you know about Indigo girls? They are not Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. All right, Emily, here you go, question number one. One of the Indigo Girls' most famous songs actually made it to the Billboard 100, a rare feat for a contemporary folk duo. Finish this line from that song. The less I seek a source for some definitive... The closer I am to fine. I'm sorry, we would prefer, I think, if you sang it. Closer I am to fine. Helen? Yeah. That is that correct. That is correct. Thank you for letting me put you on the spot with that. Uh, fun fact, their other song to hit the pop charts was Galileo, uh, one of your favorites. All right, question number two. Indigo Girls have been nominated for seven Grammy Awards and so far have won one for their first major label release in 1989. What was the name of that album? I want to say it was just called Indigo Girls. Are you saying that? Can I have a hint? You want to use one of your hints? I want to use one of my hints. All right, Helen, how about that first hint? The answer is contained in the question. <laughs> It was called Indigo Girls. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. A point there for Emily. I was trying, trying to get you off the hint, but you wanted to... I know, that I That is your right to use. Yeah, okay. Sometimes I it's good to confirm your suspicions. <laughs> I just didn't want to get something like that wrong. Yeah, all right. Well, you got it right. Let's move on uh, to question number three. Uh, number three. The Indigo Girls are great songwriters, of course, but they also enjoy performing covers of other people's songs, especially when playing live. In fact, on their live albums, they've released two live recordings of songs written by Bob Dylan. Name them. Tangled Up in Blue... Other Bob Dylan songs. Hmm? I think I just don't care about Bob Dylan very much. <laughs> I hope he's not our expert. That's going to be very uh, embarrassing. I, I guess I'm going to have to guess, right? Unless I use one of my other hints. Those are the options available to you, yes. I'll use one of my other hints. Helen, how about that second hint? One of them was written by Bob Dylan, but became well-known for Jimi Hendrix. Interesting. Written by Bob Dylan, made popular by Jimi Hendrix. Uh... It's not the Star Spangled Banner. Um, and it's not, Purple Haze, that's the only Jimi Hendrix song I can think of. Gonna go with Purple Haze and Tangled Up in Blue. How many is that correct? That is not correct. Not correct, uh, yeah, not a chance figured, to steal. Yeah. I'm going to go, do I get two guesses because there are two answers? There are two answers, yes, what are your I'm two answers? I'm going to go with All Along the Watchtower, 
and Rolling Stone. Helen? Also not correct. Also not correct. No, but if you put them together, you would have gotten them all along the watchtower, tangled up in blue with a song. So uh, no point there. But, uh, unless Helen, would you like to give her a half point because she, she I got knew all one that of them. stuff? You did get, yeah. get one of them. Yeah, let's Wanna give her half yeah, point. Half point. Half point. All right. Thank you. All right. Question number four. Before becoming Indigo Girls, Emily Sailors and Amy Ray called themselves Sailors and Ray. But at what Atlanta University did Sailors and Ray change their name to Indigo Girls? I believe it was Emory. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Emily University. More, uh, more like Emily University. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> question number five. You're doing quite well in this round. Here's okay. question number five. Since their 2009 album, Poseidon and the Bitter Bug, Indigo Girls have released their albums on their own independent label. What is that label called? I believe it's called IG, like recordings or, or records. Yeah. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It's IG Recordings. Very, very good round Excellent. for Emily Heller. All right, Emily, now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Okay. <laughs> the tension is palpable up here. It really is. Uh, this question is so high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. Indigo Girls have made their mark on music, of course, but they've also made their mark in other media. For up to three points, identify these on-screen appearances by Indigo Girls. One, a 1995 movie starring Whoopi Goldberg. Another, a 2006 documentary about crossword puzzles. And the most recent, a 2015 comedy streaming on Amazon. Emily's uh, shaking her head from side to side. So the first one is Boys on the Side. Mm -hmm. The second one about crossword puzzles. Mm -hmm. I should know the name of this. I, I'm not going to get it. It's like Scrabble or something. I don't know. So it's about crossword it's puzzles, about but crossword... it's called Scrabble. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, it's, it's called... Uh, uh, I'm... If, you, if you were going to name a documentary... Puzzled. Puzzle. It's called Puzzles. Puzzles. Puzzlers. Puzzles, puzzlers. Puzzles. I, I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess puzzled. I know I'm getting this wrong. Pu so, you're, but just, to, just to be clear, you're going with puzzle singular. Puzzled. With puzzled. A, with oh, a D. Excuse me. Puzzled. All right. Puzzled. And then uh, finally, the 2015 comedy streaming on Amazon. Um, could you be more specific? Comedy. A comedy streaming on Amazon, and uh, they appeared on it in. Oh, that was a, that was a transparent. Transparent. Yeah. All right, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight via Skype from her home in Decatur, Georgia, is a Grammy-winning singer, songwriter, and musician who is one half of the Indigo Girls. It's Emily Salyer. Emily Salyer. Oh my gosh. Hey, Emily. Hi, I'm such a huge fan. You have no oh idea. Oh my God, but what, I have to work on, I have to work on my sex appeal? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I relate to you so much that I can't find you as sexy. It's just not possible. I, I, I relate to you too much, and Amy's more of a mystery. This is so surreal, so surreal. I'm sitting here, the dogs are barking, the pizza's coming, and I'm waiting with bated breath to see what y'all are going to say, and it's just like, life is good. Oh my oh. gosh. Well, life is very good for us. It, it's, a, it's a real treat and an honor to, to have you here. I have to say that I personally have many of your albums. I have seen you in concert. Uh, I went to Sarah Lawrence, so that might explain uh, some of that. 
so it's wonderful. I have to say, do, uh, you know, there, there are wonderful reasons to, to do a show, and if anyone's considering producing or hosting your own show, one of the best reasons is because you get an excuse to talk to people that you admire and oh respect gosh. so much. So uh, this is a real treat for all of us. I feel truly ill-prepared. <laughs> <laughs> But you've answered all your questions, so it's all good. Oh, good, yeah. yes. I just want to say the song It's All Right has been instrumental in easing my Trump anxiety in the past year. Uh, I listen to it a lot. Thanks for saying that. We've actually started playing it a lot since he got elected. So it's actually <laughs> has eased my own mind all these years later, which is weird how a song could do that. But thanks for saying that. I know what you mean. And we are like, and I can't find you sexy either. <laughs> Yes, but it's nice that you write these light pop songs that uh, Emily Heller enjoys. <laughs> I reworded that. Yes, you did. I want no, it on the very, record that I reworded that. You were that. very diplomatic. Uh, um, you guys uh, obviously play a lot of concerts. How do you decide when you're going to work with a, a backing band or just the two of you, or as you've done recently, with a full symphony orchestra? Yeah, well, we got invited to do uh, shows with symphony orchestras and went through a process of having our songs arranged for orchestras. So that was just like such a gift to us and a real pleasure and honor. I would say generally speaking, when an album first comes out, we like to go out with a band and present it that way. All right. And then we mix it up. Sometimes just two of us, whatever. Okay, cool. And then you've also uh, recently gone and done some more solo work. You had your own solo album recently called Murmuration Nation. What was it like being uh, out there on the road on your own? Not as fun as being with Amy. <laughs> well, she is it sexy. Was good. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was good, but it wasn't. I, I missed her, but yeah. I, I enjoyed exploring. We have some different um, musical sensibilities, and yeah. you know, after she has like seven albums now, she's really wanted to explore her own sensibilities for me, but I. I only did it this once, and, uh, but I'm not the experience, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, I was interested. I was interested to to read that uh, you you are really into hip hop and rap. That that's influenced you a lot. Um, tell us about that, and, and are, you, are you able to bring any of that kind of flavor into into your music currently? Well, I'm a little. I love hip hop and rap, and I'm trepidatious about co-opting anything. Nothing, you know, drives me crazier than trying to do something that you can't do better than the people who are best at it. So. But I have a yearning to do that. I definitely incorporated uh, R&B influenced beats and drums on my solo album, and Amy and I have dabbled in, in it a, a bit. But yeah, so I, you know, I started out loving political rap like Public Enemy, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but now it runs again. I I'm obsessed with Young Thug, rapper from Atlanta. <laughs> like, oh my god, can't stop listening to him. Please, please release a rap album. <laughs> please. <laughs> when I used to drink. I was like the best white rapper you ever heard. <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back when the, the next time that happens. Uh, uh, Helen... <laughs> Not Ms. Lysa. Okay, all right. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Indigirls have won one Grammy. Uh, I was interested to read that you were up for another Grammy that night. Uh, tell us about what you were up for, and, and it's very interesting who you lost to. We were up for Best New Artist, and we lost to Millie Vanilli. <laughs> What was we that did. like? Did you have an idea at that time that these guys maybe weren't uh, singing? Which seems to be a key part of no. the music. No, we, we had no idea. And what's funny is now, like, everything is so, like, manipulated with the technology sure. that people practically don't even sing. So times change. But, no, you know, they were, like, they had a bunch of hits and they were a super hot group. And it was kind of no surprise that they won. But it was... Uh, it was sort of fun, not because some sad things happened in the end for sure, one of the yeah. guys, obviously, but 
you know, which was terrible. But, you know, it was fun to think about, well, who would have won if they if they didn't win? Mm-hmm. But they never they never reawarded the Grammys. So that's been kind of a whole fun and uh, <laughs> hole in the history of the Grammys as yeah. far as we're concerned. You're sort of the uh, Shawshank Redemption versus Forrest Gump uh, <laughs> of the Best New Artist Grammys. <laughs> if, if Forrest Gump had, had you know, been overdubbed by somebody else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, uh, I could talk to you all day, but let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Emily Heller. Uh, First, we wanted to know what was that 1995 movie starring Whoopi Goldberg that Indigo Girls appeared in. Helen, let's remind everyone, what was the answer that Emily Heller gave? Emily said, boys on the side. And Emily Saliers? That is correct. That is correct, a point. Yes. Next, we wanted to know what was that 2006 documentary about crossword puzzles that you two appeared in. Uh, <laughs> Emily is not confident in her uh, answers. She backs away from the microphone laughing. Helen, let's remind everyone of the answer that Emily Heller gave us. Emily said puzzle. It sounds very reasonable. What about that, Emily Saliers? That is not correct, and neither is Scrabble. The correct <laughs> answer is wordplay. Wordplay, uh. yes. I actually watched it. It's a great documentary, and it's fun to watch you guys talk about uh, your excitement of, of having been a clue in the uh, New York Times crossword puzzle and then actually watch you solve a puzzle. It's a lot of fun. Do, are you still, a, are you still yeah. a big uh, crossword puzzle fan? Every Sunday. All right. Oh, New York so, Times so, crossword puzzle every Sunday. That's great. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we asked Emily Heller, what was the 2015 comedy streaming on Amazon in which the Indigo Girls appeared? Helen, what did Emily Heller say? Emily said transparent. And Emily Saliers? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Another point for Emily Heller. Uh... Can I just say, my entire immediate family are big fans. The first concert I ever went to was an Indigo Girls concert with my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. What? And my sister is a director, and she directed a couple episodes of Transparent, and she was so upset when she found out that she could have directed an episode that the (laughs) Indigo Girls were in, and she didn't. Wow. That was a cool bunch of people working on that show. And Emily, thanks for uh, picking Indigo Girls for your topic. That's exciting for me and for Amy. I can't imagine that it approaches even a small percentage of the excitement that I feel right now. <laughs> Please communicate my reverence to Amy. I love you guys so much. Please come back to L.A. immediately. I think we well, all... Give us a call when we're in town, and uh, we'll, we'll hook you up uh, for tickets, and we'll say hey after the show. That'd be fun for us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're all freaking out. Oh, my God. I, I really hate to tell you this, but there's no way I'm not holding you to that. <laughs> Uh, I really mean it. I really mean it. <laughs> oh my that's, God. that's very great to see you, and it's wonderful you that can't you uh, joined see. us. I wish you could yeah. see Emily Heller right now. She's <laughs> quietly freaking out yeah. in her chair. That's great. Uh, Emily, I know, you're, I know that uh, you are active uh, politically and that uh, you and Amy are, are uh, touring and uh, have a new album coming out. If people want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they go? We have indigogirls.com is the website, and we post throughout social media, you know, all the social medias, we keep fans up to date on what's coming out. And uh, we're excited about a benefit in Atlanta on April 30th for a group called El Refugio. They're a house where people who have uh, family members detained in the ICE detention center in at Stewart, Georgia, can come and stay at this home. And Amy and I are big um, advocates of people who provide fairness and accommodation and love to immigrants and their families. And we're excited about that. April 30th in Atlanta, Matt Nathanson is joining us. And then we've got a new album probably coming out this year, but maybe the beginning of next. Okay. Symphony album's out, and we're touring, touring, touring. So many, so many, so many reasons to love and be grateful that we got to talk with Emily Saliers, ladies and gentlemen. 
Thank you so much. That Thank you really so much. For me. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that round as Emily <laughs> Heller passes out on the table. <laughs> Emily, are you all right? Do you need a baggie to breathe into? I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, it seems inconsequential, but we are keeping score. <laughs> what is the score at the end of that segment? At the end of that round, Emily Heller has seven and a half points and Guy Branham has two and a half points with a round of questions coming up. That's right, we're gonna talk with Guy about a topic he knows about, plus later Emily and Guy will go head to head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. <laughs> Hi again, J. Keith Van Stratton here with Laura Swisher. Hey. And Jim Newman. Hello. You're uh, still listening, guys. Oh my God, That's good job. Awesome. So cool. Can you imagine people skipping past this part? I what can't. losers. I'm sure by now that many of you have already gone to MaximumFun.org slash donate and become a monthly member. For those who did not yet, it's okay. We still love you. Maybe the love of our show is not incentive enough. Maybe you want some stuff. Well, guess what? We got stuff. If you become a $5 monthly member, which means giving $5 every month, you get exclusive bonus content with over 100 hours of bonus episodes that are only available to monthly members. That includes our complete episode that we recorded for you uh, this year, as well as our episode from last year, which is uh, Jim, Laura, and me talking about how the show came together and, and giving some behind the scenes of our first uh, episodes. So you get that. If you donate at the $10 monthly level, you get all that stuff. Plus, I'm very excited about this. You got our brand new enamel pin that was designed by Megan Lynn Cott. Uh, we had one last year that was our little brain logo that said, go fact yourself. This year, we've got one uh, that was, I believe, suggested by one of our listeners. It's a pin celebrating the cluster fact. Ooh. So you'll want to wear that proudly. You get that uh, if you become a $10 monthly member. And I believe that's the only way that you can get that pin. So it's exclusive just to our contributors. You it's mean if I donate more, I will not get the pin? No, no, no. Let ah, me please thank okay. you for clarifying, Jim. Yes. Ooh, Jim, no, oh. that is not but true. But I am saying the only way to get it is by donating during the drive. It's okay. a drive exclusive enamel pin, and you get that if you are at ten dollar contribution or above. Okay. Now, what else can you get if you're above? Well, if you really want to be a fancy pants, go for fifty bucks. You get everything that I've described. You get the bonus content. You get the pin. Plus, you get a metal engraved Max Fund membership card personalized with your name. I'm gonna be honest, you guys. I could not afford to do a $50 a month pledge. But you like, probably I, felt terrible about yourself. I do. I, I, but I, you don't need to. I don't. Well, cause, I mean, I think I could do more than five. Yeah. I can probably do a little more than 10. Like, yeah. what if I'm, what if like $20 a month is my, my sweet spot? I can't really go higher. What do I get at $20 a month? I'm so glad you asked that, Laura. Because at $20, you get a beautiful 18 by 24 inch, 550 piece maximum fund puzzle designed by Jeffrey Tice specifically for you, a Max Fund monthly member. It's a perfect activity to go along with listening to podcasts. So again, at $20, your sweet spot, Laura, they call it the Laura Swisher spot. You're going to get the puzzle, you're going to get the pin, and you're going to get the bonus content. Is that right? The puzzle that you just yes. mentioned, it's a full color illustration of mm. a person with headphones Standing in Max Fun headquarters, mm -hmm. which, as everybody knows, mm -hmm. overlooks MacArthur Park, and it's a classic, classic view. Like you'll see yeah, it in great. tons of 
like opening credits to sitcoms mm-hmm. and one day at a time features MacArthur Park Lake. So you've got someone overlooking our beautiful vista at downtown Los Angeles. It's really cool. And then if you go up to the $35 monthly membership, you get a glass coffee mug engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. I am looking at it right now and I am trying to grab it to drink from it, but it's only a 2D picture. It's like one of those like thick... I'm not very intelligent. <laughs> But you know, I mean, you know that that's not a real rocket. I do, I yes. do. But it's really cool. It's a hearty glass. It's a hearty, it's a hearty glass, and it's but it's got yeah, some and heft. It's got yes. some heft, and it's see through. So, like, if anyone were to try and poison you with something like the yeah. discolored, yeah. the you beverage, would you would know. Absolutely. So please only use undetectable poisons. So that's at thirty five dollars a month. You get the mug, you get the puzzle, you get the pin, you get the bonus content. And again, we're so happy to have anyone give thirty five dollars a month or even more. But please don't think that a five dollar monthly membership is not valuable to us because it really, Absolutely. really is. And and you get incredible value also. Hundred of hours of uh, bonus episodes. So uh, all you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, support the show by becoming a monthly member. And uh, once you're there, you select the membership level that is right for you. You provide your credit card and some basic information once. And uh, as the French say, voila, you are a member. Uh, your membership contribution is ongoing. It'll process automatically each month. And we are currently the only show on Max Fun that consistently tapes in front of a live audience. Right. Um, Hodgman don't got that kind of time. As, I, as I've said in the past, most podcasts seem to be two people sitting around a kitchen table talking into a microphone. Mm-hmm. You find the right two people, that's amazing. We're not that talented. <laughs> so we bring in seven or eight microphones to to uh, record the audience reaction and record all of our guests and our contestants and Jay Keith and Helen. I'd love to do a podcast where it's just me and Jay Keith sitting at a kitchen table and talking into a single microphone. It would be so affordable. Yes. And if you like hearing about old game shows or the golden days of Hollywood or places to get cheese curd in Wisconsin, that would be the podcast that for you. That would be the podcast. Oh, and cats. We'd yes. be talking about cats a lot. But there, I think there are plenty of podcasts that exist already that probably talk about cats. Yeah. So if you like that we record every show in front of a live audience and the laughs that you hear from the audience are real and the applause that you hear and the tension that you hear, please consider supporting the show by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Emily Heller with seven and a half points and Guy Brandon with two and a half points. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Guy Branham, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Academy Award nominees for Best Actress, the TV show 30 Rock, and Grains. Let's find out a little bit more about each. First, you said you knew a lot about Academy Award nominees for Best Actress. I am a gay man. <laughs> All right, you also said, no, no, we're going to need a little bit more than that. So only Best Actress? Look, I have, I have solid, <laughs> I have solid uh, Academy Awards knowledge up until the point where I had sex for the first time in Gwyneth Paltrow's year, and then <laughs> it falls away a little bit because you only get your gay superpowers, like they hone themselves while you're closeted. Um, in other words, I, Shakespeare wasn't the only one in love that year. Yes. Yes, it, it wasn't love. Um, but, uh, you know, the drama, the excitement, um, you know, the, the getting to be queen of the evening. And the thing is, is that as a gay man, I am always more interested in women's stories because men's stories are boring. They shoot guns at each other, and then a rat runs across the screen, so you know that somebody in that movie was a rat. Um, and in women's movies, sometimes they just, like, feel near the snow for three hours, 
and you're torn apart. <laughs> All right, great. You also said you know a lot about the TV show 30 Rock. I have watched every episode of 30 Rock and care about it too much, and I have worked with writers for the, from the show 30 Rock, so, you know, Heller, you're not the only one with connections. <laughs> um, so, I, yes, I like 30 Rock, but not, I would never purport to like 30 Rock like you like Frasier. All right. And then finally you told us you know a lot about grains. Look, who doesn't love agricultural anthropology? <laughs> you know, really figuring out when we stopped wandering around and started acquiring property that we could store for periods of over seven months. Um, also, yeah, again, as a Jew, you know, Passover is all about knowing which grains are okay and which grains are not okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it was just a story that told itself, really. <laughs> what's your favorite grain? Yeah, what's your favorite grain, guy? I mean, can you ever pick a favorite? I can. I, I'm uh, partial to spelt. Oh. Just to say the word spelt. Sure. Uh, spelt is, is a, a wonderful grain. Uh, the, the, the largest of the uh, early wheats. Um, <laughs> uh, but not as large as Kamet, you guys. It'll never be as large as Kamet. My favorite is sputum. Uh, all right, so to summarize... Guy, you said you know a lot about the Academy Award nominees for Best Actress, the TV show 30 Rock and Grains. Today we're going to quiz you about, I'm terribly sorry, 30 Rock. <laughs> uh, do, you, do, uh, do you have a favorite episode, scene, or line from 30 Rock? Um, oh. <laughs> uh, God, I don't even have an... I mean, it's Liz Lemon eating her sandwich at security saying, I can't have it all. Okay. <laughs> That counts, that counts. And uh, at, now you mentioned you were comparing your knowledge of 30 Rock to how often uh, Emily has watched Frasier. How often would you say you've seen every episode of 30 Rock? <laughs> I would say three times. Okay. Saw the three times. That's solid. That's legit. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question. Is this because you points. guys couldn't book any barley? <laughs> yeah, it was hard to get spelt get. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could get them, but it, they would not be uh, talkative. Um, hey, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to give you a chance to show your love, here are your five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. You are, of course, allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Now, Emily, do listen closely because you can steal if Guy gets any wrong. Emily, by the way, how much do you know about 30 Rock? I've watched it through about 15 times. Oh, interesting. Wow, you're uh, just a binge watcher. I am. I watch a lot of TV. Uh, all right, guys, here's your first question about 30 Rock. 30 Rock is based on a place called 30 Rock, but it's not officially called Rock. What does the Rock in 30 Rock stand for? Rockefeller Center. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Rockefeller, Rockefeller Plaza. Uh, 30 Rockefeller Plaza is, of course, where NBC Studios is located, and it was named for John D. Rockefeller Jr. Uh, question number two. What actor and real-life friend of Tina Fey played Jenna in the 30 Rock pilot episode but was recast in this series, where instead she played over 10 different roles, including Greta the Cat Wrangler, Maria the Cleaning Lady, and Vlem the Hooker? Dratch. Hel Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Rachel Dratch. Uh, fun fact, on 30 Rock and on Saturday Night Live, uh, she played Barbara Walters and Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, question number three. Elizabeth Taylor won in 1960 for Butterfield 8. <laughs> In 1966, for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? It's always fun to mix the categories together, isn't it? Let's see if you can get grain in there as well. Uh, 
Guy, you are two for two. Here's question number three. In the first episode, Jack Donaghy makes his presence known by wearing a tuxedo, which puzzles Liz Lemon. When Liz asks Jack why he's wearing the tux, his response is, it's after six, followed by what question? I am not a, uh, what am I, a farmer? Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> three for three. Question number four, 30 Rock aired one of their live shows in 2012, which was performed twice, once for the East Coast feed and once for the West Coast feed. There were some notable differences in each version. For instance, the East Coast got an early cameo from Paul McCartney, but on the West Coast, that spot was filled by whom? I just want to be clear that Jennifer Lawrence was the best actress of 2012. <laughs> um, would you like a hint, Guy? I would like a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? Her appearance did not break the internet. Oh, I'm going to go with K. Kardashian. Helen? Would you, would you like me to be more specific? Yeah, let me be a little more specific. Oh, wait, I just realized that. Kim I realized Kardashian. he was having one over on me. Kim Kardashian. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It was Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Emily was ready to bow. <laughs> that is the only one of these questions I didn't know yet. Oh, wow. I tend to skip the live episodes when I rewatch because it's a tonal shift that I'm not yeah. comfortable with when binge watching. It's true. Uh, question number five, Guy, you have a chance to go five for five. 30 Rock often featured short clips of fake shows. One of them, a parody of an NBC sitcom, showed Eugene Osborne Smith, Devin Richards, and Destin Owens as a father and his two sons. What was the name of the fake show? I mean, we all, of course, know Milf Island. It's not Milf Island. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the Career Gals show where uh, the theme song said, can they be good at their job? <laughs> um, all right. Can I get a hint? Helen, how about that second hint? We've already discussed the show it was parodying on tonight's show. I'm gonna have to pass, I'm sorry. Pass, all right, no answer there. Emily with a chance to steal. Black Frasier. Helen? Oh! That is correct! Wow! Um, Emily, Emily, yes. would you like to ask me what time Black Frasier starts? <laughs> what time does Black Frasier start? Nine, 9.15. Yeah. <laughs> Very good steal. So you, you had part of it, you couldn't, could, couldn't quite pull it, yeah. Uh, still, you did very well in that round, Guy Branham, very well. And now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm cursing. That's all right. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. All right, Guy, let it go, let it go. We're all okay. Here we go. Guy, in addition to the main cast, 30 Rock had some amazing guest stars. In fact, the show received a total of 25 Emmy nominations for its guest stars, 11 of which went to six different women. For up to three points, name three of the six women who received Emmy nominations for Outstanding Guest Actress for their work on 30 Rock. Elaine Stritch is one of them. I'm going to say that Julianne Moore is one of them. Okay. I'm pulled in a Salma Hayek direction. I'm pulled in an Edie Falco direction. Mm -hmm. I'm pulled in a Dratch direction. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Stritch, Moore, and Dratch. Stritch, Moore, and Dratch, my favorite law firm. All right, uh, <clears throat> Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an actor, singer, designer, and comedian who was nominated for an Emmy for her guest starring role on 30 Rock. It's Margaret Cho! Margaret Cho! <laughs> Margaret and Guy embracing. Hello. Margaret, have a seat there. Thank you, thank you. 
It's wonderful to have you. Uh, Margaret, I understand that you know Guy. In fact, you were a guest on his talk show, The Game Show. I was. Margaret Cho pioneered new territory on talk show, The Game Show, by throwing her wig during the course of the interview. <laughs> what? It was the, the kind of shocking comedy we have come to expect from you. Yes. yes. So in other words, you know Margaret very well, but did not know that she had been nominated for an Emmy. Well, she was nominated for playing a man, so I didn't think of her as being an actress, mm. but simply right. a vehicle for Kim Jong-il's energy. That's right. Was it Kim Jong-il or Kim Jong-un? It's actually both of them. That's so right, I, it was. I played um, Kim Jong-il, uh, uh, who had faked his own death and escaped North Korea to become the world's greatest waiter of all time. <laughs> and then um, I played Kim Jong-un uh, playing basketball. So that, that was the double role. Wow. Yeah. How did you get the role on 30 Rock? How did you get uh, involved in that? Oh, um, I'm, I, I'm friends with Tina Fey, so she just asked me. Oh, so it right. wasn't like a... I mean, I don't know if there was a lot of competition. I don't know if there was a lot of other people that could play. Dang it, I was up for that. Yeah, there's a, maybe there are, there are maybe quite a few people who could play. Yeah. Could, I, I guess, at then, but maybe who are willing to play him. Right. I don't know. Were you at all tempted to just segue into a jumpsuit-based life? I like, should have, yes. zippers all day long? I would have I, I loved to wear, wear all that. But the thing is, what uh, was odd was I went outside in the Kim Jong-un jumpsuit and a man approached me, and he breathed in my face in a way that was very alluring. Like it was, he what? thought I was a man, and that there was this, he was cruising me. <gasps> and I had never been cruised Whoa. by a man thinking that I was a man. It was really, it was great. It was the most shocking thing I've ever heard from you, Margaret. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> you were never cruised by a gay man thinking you were a gay man. I know. It seems like well, it would have come up in your childhood. It should have come up somewhere at some point, you know, especially when I had the Dorothy Hamill haircut, but it never, it never did. But it was really, I was like, wow. It led me into the secret world of like, oh, gay men communicate in a way that uh, is beyond my comprehension as a hag, a lifetime hag. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, really America's highest ranking hag. I think so. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're all of our hags. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, now, talking about the Emmys, uh, were you surprised to find out that you'd been nominated? I was surprised because I was only on screen for, uh, it was one minute and 40 seconds. So, I mean, it not only was it not really a huge part, it was barely a cameo. You know, it was so fast that I, I didn't realize that it registered, but it, it, for some reason it did. Was it that your good. first Emmy nomination? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was really cool. Did you go to the ceremony? I went to the ceremony um, with my parents. They came, uh, oh. and uh, my dad brought a book because he knew it was going to be long. <laughs> and, Hilarious. Uh, we, uh, we sat, and, and, um, and then but Kathy Bates ended up winning it. For, mm. a, uh, for in, was she was, she was not, a, it was in Two and a Half Men, so it wasn't anger management. She was actually in Two and a Half Men. She was playing Charlie Sheen. My so. parents might be coming to the next taping, and my dad might bring a book. They're going to bring a book. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it's going to be long. That, that's what they, they my, my, they're always prepared yeah. for. They're just, I think they think that everything that they come to see me on, they're assuming they're going to be extras. <laughs> so they bring, like, a chair and a book. And, and, and some extra outfits to, yeah, to change into. To, you yeah. know, to, yeah. so if they don't, they're, they're afraid of strobing on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, parent, Korean parents, I've heard, are very concerned about Moray. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did they, did you, did, did the Emmy nomination inspired you to want to play Kim Jong-un more? I don't know. I mean, I think that I, I definitely want to play him. I should make up like a composite headshot that you, they used to do. You know, when they put a picture of you like yeah. playing baseball and then being frustrated over your kids and then one is Kim Jong-il and one is Kim Jong-un. That would be great to have 
that kind of, you know, I would put sign it out you. there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked of Guy. We wanted him to name three of the six women who had received Emmy nominations for Outstanding Guest Actress for 30 Rock. Uh, Helen, what was the first answer that Guy gave? Guy said Elaine Stritch. And Margaret, is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. That's, a, that's correct. Absolutely. If, if I'm not mistaken, I believe she got five nominations, and she was the only one of the nominees to win. She did win one of them, so one point there for Guy. Uh, Helen, what was the second answer that Guy gave? Guy said Julianne Moore. It is not correct. I'm not sorry, correct. Guy. I'm sorry. No point there. She did uh, obviously appear on the show and was great, but did not receive one of the nominations. Uh, uh, no point there. Helen, what was the third answer that Guy gave? Guy said Rachel Dratch. And uh, Margaret? I'm saying no. I think she wasn't. Yeah, no, she was not. I'm sorry. No point there. No, the other nominees besides Elaine Stritch were Elizabeth Banks, who had multiple nominations, Jennifer Aniston for her appearance, Carrie Fisher, Edie Falco, uh, and then someone named Margaret Cho. Yes. Yay. Margaret, if people want to find you, I know you're going to be uh, out on tour. Where can they learn more about you and your work? People can find me. I'm at margaretcho.com. If you ever go to a website anymore, I never do. <laughs> I never do. I mean, it's, it sort of feels like social media kind of takes the cake on that. You, you want to go to the, your, everybody's social media. So yeah. at Margaret Cho, wherever. Or Margaret underscore Cho on Insta. Excellent. We're so happy that you joined us, ladies and gentlemen. Margaret Thank Cho. You. Emmy nominee. Wow. Helen, let's get a score recap as we go into our final round. At the end of that round, Emily Heller has eight and a half points and Guy Branham has seven and a half points. All right, it is now time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Emily and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This should determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Emily, the board game Clue is about players trying to solve a murder. True. Correct. Guy, Clue was originally called Let's Kill a Guy. False. Correct. Yeah, that would be fun, though. Emily, Twister was originally called King's Footsie. True. Correct. It really was. Yeah, it was later called Pretzel before it changed its name to Twister, but who doesn't love a game of King's Footsie? Uh, guy, Shoots and Ladders was originally called Snakes and Ladders. True. Correct. That's right. In fact, it's still called Snakes and Ladders in most of the world. What? Yep. Emily, the game Scrabble was invented by a man named Scrabble. False. Correct. Guy, the game Scrabble was invented by a man named Butts. True. Correct. Yeah, Alfred Butts. <laughs> Butts. <laughs> Emily, there's a game sold on Amazon where players take turns trying not to step in poop. True. Correct. Yeah, it's called Don't Step In It. Real original, guys. <laughs> Guy, there's a game sold on Amazon where players take turns popping pimples. True. Correct. Emily, that game is called Zits on Zack. False. Correct. Yes, it's actually called Pimple Pete. And finally, Guy, Pimple Pete is the best-selling game on Amazon. True. Incorrect. Thank goodness it is not. No, the actual answer is Connect Four. Let's give a nice hand to both of our guests, Guy Branham and Emily Heller, while Helen tabulates the final score. Black Fraser. Black Fraser. Helen, are you ready to announce the winner of today's episode? I am. At the end of the game, Emily Heller has 13 and a half points, and Guy Branham has 11 and a half points. Congratulations, Emily Heller. You are the facting champion. Wow. This is a true upset. Emily, what will you do with your championship? Uh, I'm just going to keep killing it. I think you are as well. Uh, congratulations. That just uh, leaves us to give the opportunity for all of our guests to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Emily, where can people find you, and what are you up to? Uh, you can watch my special Ice Thickeners on uh, the Comedy Central app, on their YouTube, and on uh, their website. Uh, you can also follow me at Mr. Emily Heller on all social media. And... Uh, 
I don't have any tour dates, but you should see if the Indigo Girls are coming to where you live. I think I know who will be there. It'll be Emily Heller. <laughs> Guy Branham, what about you? I am on all social media as at Guy Branham. You should come and see me at the Vermont Comedy Club in April or at Clusterfest in June. And also you should see me at the rematch to this trivia event that will take place between Emily and I in either Manila or Zaire, if it exists again. <laughs> Another thriller in Manila. Guy Branham, ladies and gentlemen, what a pleasure. You lucky people, your co-host has been Ms. Helen Hong. Hey! You can see my performance calendar at HelenHong.com or follow me on the socials at FunnyHelenHong. That's her, Funny Helen Hong. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith and on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leads me to thank Emily Heller, Guy Branham, Emily Saliers, Margaret Cho, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our scheduling tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like BunnyGirl83703 did. He, she, or they said, my favorite podcast, funny and entertaining. Thanks, BunnyGirl83703. <laughs> Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Ken Phillips, Jay Kogan, Allison Brower, Sean Anderson of Old Town Roasting, Cliff Gallagher, Brian Beckerman, Kathy Lyons, Russell Carter, Christian Malmeen, Cody Lawrence, CJ Miller, Mike Avianos, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong. Let's go see the Indigo Girls. Hey, it's Jay Keith again. Make sure to listen to our next episode of Go Fact Yourself with guest Kurt Brownowler. I did a show in Flagstaff, Arizona, where the venue just didn't list that the show existed. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and I and it is the smallest crowd that I've ever done a full hour of stand-up for. It was three people. Oh, wow. my God. And Sarah Schaefer. Yes, I love crafting. It's my hobby. I have a craft nook in my home. You do? I do. It has yeah. all my supplies displayed in an adorable manner. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. That, uh, yes, applause. Applause for a nook. That's Go Fact Yourself here at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.